and welcome to Poldark Podcast, a podcast about the Poldark saga created by Poldark fans for other Poldark fans. And we are your hosts. My name is Rita. I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark and I tweet at Rita Bites. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. I Tumblr at Poldark Muses and tweet at Musings. And I am Delinda. I live in France. I blog at Britishly So and tweet at Delinda Dia. Welcome back, Delanda! Yay! Yeah. yeah, we missed you last week, girlfriend. Did you catch up with last week's episode, and what did you think about it? I did. Uh, I missed talking with you guys, too. Um, I only watched last week's episode last Sunday, right before the new one, and then uh, straight afterwards uh, listened to the podcast, which I thought was good, as usual. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the episode. Kind of. Uh, if it wasn't for so much Drake and Morwenna, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just so overwhelmed. But uh, Luke Norris, again, he broke me. And uh, I thought he was, again, so brilliant. He was fantastic last week. And um, uh, and I, I liked him this week, too. But I know we're going to get into that in just a minute. Yes. Episode 7 of Season 3 aired this Sunday on BBC One. Uh, this podcast will be incredibly spoilerific for this episode, so as ever, this is your spoiler warning if you aren't yet caught up. Okay, let's start with the episode description. So, it's party time, yay! So, they've just harvested the land given by Ross to the village, so time jump number 700. And they're celebrating with drinking and dancing around the bonfire. Tali shows up with his daughter, Emma, and she immediately starts flirting with Sam, who is obviously not joining in with the festivities. Do we not dance? The Lord do consider it sinful. <laughs> oh, well, the Lord do sound a proper spoil sport. <laughs> he then proceeds to watch her as she twirls around dancing. And he even smiles! <gasps> it's so cute! Love at first sight! Uh, conveniently for this week's plot, George is now a Burgess, which means he is a member of the town's governing body. Also conveniently for the plot, Sir Pierce Arthur, who was the previous MP for Truro, is now dead. I suspect this might get confusing for those of you not living in a parliamentary system, but just go with it. George wants to become the new MP, and to become one, he has to suck up to Lord Falmouth and Sir Francis Bassett, who are the kingmakers of Truro's MPs. Elsewhere, Wenner is like 20 months pregnant. Hashtag Poldark time. It becomes increasingly obvious that she is frightened to be left alone with her disgusting husband, who seems eager for her to do her duty. To the extent that he becomes angry and threatens violence. Dick, dick, dick. Wenner's younger sister, Rowella, is called in to help with childcare. And despite being like 14, she works out what's going on in the house super quickly and immediately starts fucking with Ozzy. Yas, queen. Yas. Who's ready for some heavy-handed foreshadowing? My Drake and Sam would find contentment. Have you found it? In this moment, I have.
should be last. Anyway, that's like the one nice scene for the rest of the episode. Ross and Demelza are at each other's throats for no reason. Ross buys a blacksmith's yard for Drake, who reluctantly accepts and then spends the rest of the episode mooning after Moana and making creepy iron necklaces of her and the baby she had with her rapist. It's weird as hell, but we're just happy his Etsy jewelry store has expanded its repertoire. Ew! I hadn't even thought that the image he was making was of Morwenna and her child. I think I'm really going to throw up now. Caroline and Dwight get married again for reasons that make little to no sense to us. They hold a reception and it's very quickly deteriorating. Yes, you guessed it. Carolite can't even be the focus of their own wedding. Toast after embarrassing toast is dedicated to Ross's exploits in France. Yawn. Ross spends the entire party being fawned over by Sir Francis Bassett and Lord Falmouth. Equally, Demelsa spends her time being seduced by Mr. Burberry himself, Hugh Armitage. When they arrive home and Demelza tells Ross about the flirting, he is unnecessarily and really kind of uncharacteristically rude about it. Not every man in Cornwall is besotted with you. Everybody literally has fallen in love with her, but okay, Ross. Ross and Demelza get invited to Sir Francis Bassett's for a party. Two parties in one episode. Wait, three episodes. This is three, 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 three parties. parties. Yeah. <laughs> Three and hints of another. He has invited Hugh, of course, who immediately starts pursuing an intimacy with Demelza again, drawing pictures of her at dinner and just, you know, paying her some kind of attention, while her oblivious husband is being softly pressed into running for Parliament by Bassett. Hey, he's at the other side of the table, man. How is he supposed to know what's going on? Dude was not being subtle about drawing pictures of her at the dinner table. That is everybody true. Started, everybody started talking about it, and Ross is just like, ooh, what is this character? Ross refuses, of course, and George, who has weirdly shown up asking to speak to Bassett, overhears the entire conversation and storms off angrily. There's a lot of eavesdropping in season three. Back at Trinwith, Aunt Agatha is throwing her 100th birthday party. She gets a new dress made, has her rings resized, and agonizes over the guest lists. Naturally, George fucks with her and finds out she is, in fact, and we're going to put some air quotes next to that, only 97. After enduring her goading, her goading him all episode, he retaliates by cancelling her party. This does not prove to be a good move. Wait, you do this to me, may you rot in hell. You and your nasty uncle and your little twisted son born under a black moon and warped already. Little Valentine, the so-called Warleganair, or is he? That was no eight-month baby, George. Early babes be weak and wrinkled, no hair, no nails. But that babe was lusty and smooth and strong as a full-term child. So maybe you didn't wait for the wedding. Or maybe somebody got there before you... (laughs) 
She then proceeds to die, gasping at Elizabeth that she shouldn't have told George. No shit. Yeah. Downstairs, uh, Sir Francis has arrived to return George's call. George convinces him that the right candidate would not need to be popular, just competent. Really low standards. And Sir Francis, having exhausted the Ross possibility, agrees. George will be his candidate. Scene of the episode, people! Get excited! Uh, Drake finally goes to the Methodist meeting, and Sam believes he's on a better path now. Nobody cares, because Sam then admits he is having, quote, impure thoughts, and then glances longingly at smirking Emma. Trakan is born! (laughs) (laughs) That ship is sailing! That's the ship name, Trakarn. I like that, yeah. It's cute! I like it, Trey Karn. It's got a nice ring to it. Ross learns of Aunt Agatha's death and start blaming, starts blaming himself for not being with her. He goes to the ocean because that's where he does his best brooding. And it's and is followed by Demalza, who picks, picks up a fight with him for not becoming an MP. She whines that he did not ask for her opinion, and then Ross responds with... What do you want, Demalza? A man who will lie down, roll over, sit up and beg for you. Well, if so, you've married the wrong man. It would appear so. Perhaps you should look elsewhere for a pet. Perhaps I should. <gasps> what a mess of a scene! And now Demelza basically gives herself free reign to flirt with you, Armitage. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. Ross then goes to the church where Agatha's body has been dumped by Warleggan's men like a heap of trash. No service, no people, uh, a swift secret burial ordered by George. Ross rests the shovel from Tholly's hands to dig her grave himself. She was a great lady and a rare spirit. It's the least I can do to honor her. So what did you think of this week's episode? A mixed bag of responses. Uh, Tropolisa said, I really liked it. It was moving at a fairly quick pace, but I was engaged from start to finish. Swethakota said, I am legit scared after this episode. I'm still reading Black Moon, so I don't know what's coming. So there were so many shocking moments in this episode for me. And the preview for next episode almost had me crying. You are not alone. Um... Attorney MSB3 said, At first I thought this episode was good and certainly drew me in. But then I thought about it. I'm unsettled, which may have been what the writer intended. Paul Larkin said it was frustrating in many ways, but I love how they handle the different facets of the constraints on women at the time. Aunt Agatha is domineered by George to the point where she's not allowed to celebrate her own birthday. Morwenna must submit. <clears throat> Vomit. Uh, to Whitworth, and even or especially with Demelza and Ross, he totally dismisses her views on his wielding influence as an MP, in spite of the Drake fiasco that Ross could have averted as magistrate, and her desire not to live as hermits as Ross wants to. It's an unhappy theme. It's an it's an unhappy theme, but I thought they showed it really well. Well, personally, I wouldn't want to subjugate my beliefs in order to be a magistrate, which, aside from the clusterfuck of Drake's arrest, Ross would very well have had to done. But, you know, whatevs, what do I know? 
Prairie's head said this episode made me angry. If and when I rewatch this one, I'm going to have to have copious amounts of alcohol with me in order to get through it. Uh, the dark pole dark uh, said there was a lot to there was such a lot to enjoy, though enjoy is so wrong when it, that includes Aussie's voracious monstrousness and the Agatha Georgie showdown. But there were also moments that gave me whiplash. It's like characters are written to play one note at a time, and so when there's any shift in tone, it can be so sudden and jarring, it's like plummeting straight off the bloody cliff. Zoe Girl Reads said, Overall, I enjoyed this episode. The pacing in some spots felt less frantic, highlighted by the Romelza cuddling and pillow talk early on. Many scenes took their time to play out, highlighting the gorgeous sets music and costumes other scenes played out in seconds and felt shoehorned in by comparison such as poldark family cuteness on the beach amanda poldark said as long as my thoughts on the episode i want to send debbie horsefield a fangirl letter and some flowers i love this episode almost as much as 104 also thank god emma has a better costume than the one in the Mm. 70s she is super cute well folks um if you've been following my blog, uh, you you already know this, but this was my turn to be both heart sick and miserable about uh, an episode. So I I have claimed the cl- the I've claimed the crown from Rita. Um, Yay! <laughs> why in the hell did we even bother with a reconciliation when it feels like we're right back into season two, Ross and Demelza? Uh, I like like uh like dark poldark have whiplash over the emotional travesty of ross and demelza's depiction in the, in this episode and i'm not even thinking about how it's different from the books to be quite frank it was just the sheer mood swinging magnitude of their relationship at this point that absolutely crushed my soul um in contrast this was the first episode I've enjoyed for a while. Oh, just because God. there were actual scenes and storylines I could enjoy, unlike previous episodes where I didn't like anything. Um, this, I think, um, was balanced a little better because we got to spend time with more people and each character um, felt like they were progressing. Nobody felt stagnant as they have <clears throat> some. Um I really enjoyed the Moena scenes and the George and Aunt Agatha scenes. Sam got a legit storyline. It was just all really excellent. Really strong performances, especially from like the George and Aunt Agatha scenes. And the only real blight for me was the Ramelza scenes, which are grievous. But we will get into that later, no doubt. Um, I enjoyed this episode. Um, kind of. Uh... Compared to last week's, because like like I said, I thought that last week's episode was there was too much Drake and Marlena, uh, teen love. It's a CW uh, show. CW, yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciated the, in this episode uh, the fact that we saw more of the supporting characters, uh, such as Carolite. Um, even if I always feel like their scenes are cut short, which frustrates the heck out of me. Um, what, like, thir- like 30 seconds of, of wedding night? Oh, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I know that Ross is supposed to be the main character, but it feels like even if someone else has uh, their own storyline, it feels like it always has to, at some point, be about Ross. 
So it frustrates, it frustrates me so much, but um, I enjoyed it. And of course, I was pleased to finally be introduced to Emma Tregirls. I, 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 yeah, I will say she was like the bright shining star in mm. this episode. She really was. Um, and I, I'm just thrilled with her. But yeah, props to me, love for the casting. <laughs> yeah, very, very great casting. So, okay, so what was your favorite scene? Um, Attorney MSB3 said Agatha and George. Uh, telling her there would be no party. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, Paul Dorky, Paul Dorking also said there are media meteor scenes, which I've mentioned in other places here. But I love Caroline. Uh, adorable. Every night is our wedding night scene. I died a little Aww. bit. That was that was really that was really sweet. I just wish it was longer than thirty seconds. Uh, Prairie, she said, said, the final confrontation between George and Agatha, the acting between Caroline and Jack was phenomenal. Trapalisa said, I loved the scene with Morwenna after having suffered through another round with Ozzy Whitworth. Her chanting, I love Drake Khan, absolutely broke my heart and made me finally feel a connection with this character. I fucking hated that. I was like, what am I watching? It felt like her suffering was being reduced to, oh no, I can't be with Drake. I want to focus on Morwenna as a character and her struggle and not have it be about a dude. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get what you're saying. I kind of get what Tropolisa is saying on one level. I mean, if anything is going to help her survive, uh, or Morwenna survive, uh, what she's going through with that, that pig, uh, I think it would have to be a mantra, although, and this is the the, the psych uh, major part of of me coming out. Uh, this could become interesting as a story as the storyline moves into season four. I'm not saying more because uh, spoilers, but I could see some psychological seeds being planted. Ew. I think you're giving the show a little Ew. bit too much credit, but okay. I know! I, I, I can't help it! I can't help it! It's the way my brain works! I want it to be hard. so good! <laughs> um, Zoe Girl Reed said, Demelza's obvious pleasure in Ross's generosity and humble response to Drake. To Ross's Can We Go Home line. <laughs> it adorably. Uh, three num- breakfast with Paul Darks, including Garrick. Yeah. yeah I miss Garrick. Every time I oh, see God, Garrick. That was sweet. Like... Uh, the Dark Paul Dark said, all of the Agatha Georgie scenes. The putrid heart of the episode. I love that. Cruelty by a thousand small cuts and George just loves petty revenge. Agatha was a wonderful monster herself at times, but it still made me sad that she died. Regretting the damage her words would do, presumably to Ross, also Elizabeth, and perhaps even uh, she even thought of Valentine as a person rather than a weapon in those last moments. Honorable mention to Ross going to pay respects to Agatha at the Poldark family church and ending up digging her grave. Agatha not only didn't get her party, she was pretty much thrown out with the household rubbish. Yes, 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 yes. Surprise, surprise, it was my favorite scene one Um, Uh, three guesses two don't count people (laughs) I can't actually pick between the Emma Sam scenes but I really really love the one where Sam is discussing like the ideal bride she's like a Methodist and she's like sweet and pure and Emma barges into the blacksmith's blacksmith's yard and is sassy and clever and forthright and like none of those things (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, and 
oh my god he, it's like she's none of those things and he's like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's so amazing. Um, yeah, his flirting style is so funny. He's like, let's open our hearts to each other. Oh my god, bless him. He does not know how to talk to girls. No, he <laughs> does not. Oh, and then, um, and then Drake's like, is that the kind of girl you want me to marry? <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking through every single one of those seasons, like, dude. Dude, dude, this is, this is, uh, all of the things that you were saying about your brother and Morwenna are coming back to bite you so hard in the ass. So hard in the ass. Drake taking the piss out of him. Drake is going to be mm-hmm. like, mm, you see, like, mm-hmm. you see, brother? Um, my favorite scene, and just because the two actors nailed it, I'll say the final one, opposing Agatha to George. Because when you think you can despise the guy more, he somehow manages to be even more vile and ruthless and mean and disgusting and just love her or hate her. But I don't think the show will be the same without Agatha. I mean, I kind of miss her, even though she had, she was mean too, but, uh, and selfish. But um, it won't be the same without her. And it, it surely is a credit to uh, Carolina Lakeston. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That that scene was absolutely phenomenal and you saw the you saw the emotions that were happening uh on the characters and it felt so real. Uh the tension was so tight. Uh and it was it was really phenomenal, masterful work by uh Jack Farthing and Caroline Blakiston. Okay, moving on. Uh, what was your least favorite scene? Attorney MSB3 said the scene between Ross and Demelza on the beach. I did not like the, deteriora- the deterioration of uh, Ross and Demelza's relationship and that it happened in record time. To me, the prior events in the episode did not logically justify the way they spoke to each other on the beach. Maybe Demelza's words to Ross on the beach were the result of many years of Ross's slights and his betrayal with Elizabeth, but sitting in the audience, I sure did not know that. And why was Ross being such a jerk to Demelza throughout the show? His, I will not be controlled by any man or woman, beside, based on what he said to Demelza, I will not fall into power-seeking. Mantra is grating. Paul Ducking said, the one where Ross tells Demelza to find a pet elsewhere when she's just asking him to consider her opinion. I could crown him. I don't know if I hate the writer for writing it, because it does feel like something he might say, especially when grieving, but I do feel like we never really had time for them to settle back into a loving relationship before Ross starts being an absolute cockwomble again. Great use of cockwomble! (laughs) Uh, Preach, he said, uh, said, when Ross learned that Agatha died and all Demelza could do was bitch at him about George becoming an MP, I'm still livid over her behavior. Demelza is someone who has a quiet strength and grace, which is the perfect foil for Ross and his moodiness and impulsiveness. She is not submissive in the books. At least I didn't feel she was. This Demelza is anything but that. I'm confused as to why Demelza would be surprised or angry that Ross would not want to be an MP. 
She's always complaining that he's never home. He hates the constraints of his social class, which he would be held to even more as an MP as he, than he is now. Ross is a grassroots kind of person, and I think he knows this, which explains why he gifted the land to the village and basically started Cornwall's first CSA. Um, he hates parties and balls and all that stuff, and he'd be expected to go to more of those. She's been married to him for eight years or so. Shouldn't she know this about him? Part of the speech she made in Series 2, Episode 9 about her pride in Ross was that he was not like other men of his class, but now she wants him to be someone he's not? Is this how the writers are going to justify her actions with Lord Byron? I mean, Hugh? Lord, I hope not. Second, Ross's remark about men not paying attention to Demelza was annoying, but it annoyed me because it was a heavy-handed way for the writers to get across the point from the books that Ross took for granted Demelza would never act on the attention that she received from other men. That could have been handled better. Amen. Um, BPAC67 said, or more like asked, <laughs> what has happened to Demelza's compassion, insight, and understanding of Ross? Why has Debbie gone, gone down that route with Demelza? Is this her way to show Demelza isn't perfect by having her snipe at Ross, or that she, like Ross, can like understanding of their partner? Also, the sniping between the two of them, it seemed so heavy-handed. There isn't subtle changes in their relationship. There was so much I hated about this episode, but I really hated the scene in Ross and Demelza's bedroom after the wedding. First of all, because it blew one of my head cannons, the, the one about the new turquoise dress, the one that's the same color as the first one that he took off of her, and it's been a head cannon of mine forever, and they just blew it to smithereens. <laughs> you know, but that's all about me. Anyway, second, how much of the com how much that conversation differs from the books, I know I said it. Um because it shows Ross being callous about the attentions. Demelza is receiving from Q when it is completely different uh, in the book. Ross basically acknowledges the thing, talks to her about what she's feeling, and is about as understanding as a husband could be about the fact that his wife is developing feelings for another man. I'm, I mean, come on! Um, I hope and pray that we see some of that next week. Uh, but you know something? I don't know why I even bother hoping and wishing for these kinds of things at this point, because I just know I'm going to be disappointed. Jump on board the Lower Your Expectations train. Woo. Absolutely. I, I have buckled in my seatbelt. <laughs> uh, similarly to that, when Ross tells Demelza about not wanting to become MP, book Demelza was like really supportive and understanding and gives really good insight and valid reasons as to why she feels like it wouldn't be a good fit for him. And that it wouldn't make him happy. And like that's what she prioritizes over anything. Is Ross's happiness. And that is the complete opposite of the TV show. Like both these characters are being turned into complete assholes. To justify their marriage problems. One word. Drama. <laughs> um... <laughs> well it does say pure <laughs> drama right before the episode starts. Which oh is my god. Right? Well okay. <laughs> That yeah. pure drama. Yeah. Truth in advertising. That is absolutely true. The best oh uncut drama you can find. Yeah. We need we need t-shirts with this hashtag on it. Hashtag drama. Like registered drama! or trademarked or something like that. Yes. Drama. 
No, seriously. Um, I personally, I think that they're going down that route just to justify um, Demelza responding to Hugh's affections to make Hugh likable to the audience because. Even though I have enjoyed some Romelza scenes that we've got since the beginning of this new series, I still felt like there was a like a morose undertone which foreshadowed that this would not last. And uh, it's a shame because Black Moon is a Romelza heaven, and I so enjoyed their relationship in this book. I'm just so so disappointed. Um. Uh, so Zoe Girl Reads said the mind-boggling shifts in the Ross and Demelza emotional arc. I appreciate that the show must maintain the major moments of the novels, but it should at least make sense from scene to scene, from domestic bliss to snark to sweet family moments to the bitter, the ignored wife. I feel that it de denigrates the Demelza character. In this episode, Ross gifts her brother with, with a livelihood is held as a hero and is present for his family, yet a bit of flattery from another, and she's now the overlooked wife. Swathakota said, God, I hate Whitworth. I feel like we've under... We haven't talked about Whitworth enough. But yes, Honestly! Hate yeah, too. I mean, all the shit that, that she's going through, and it's like, oh, by the way, Whitworth, we don't like him. Wow! Uh, Swathakota said, I cringe every time he's on the screen. Poor Mawena's agony was heartbreaking to watch. So far, he's only been a bumbling buffoon, but now he has revealed himself to be a true monster and abuser. Should they have made this transition so abrupt? That's a good question. The whole thing was horrifying to watch. I really hope they have a violent death written for him in mind. Otherwise, where in the seven hills is the storyline going? <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, should they have made that transition so abrupt? Um, yeah, because that's precisely the persona that Whitworth uh, portrays. He portrays this kind of kind of pompous uh, buffoon uh, during all of the uh, quote courtship, um, etc. But you know, as soon as he gets her home, uh, you know, uh, in the books, and I know I'm saying that again, but. Uh, yeah, the transition is incredibly abrupt because in the book, he rapes her on their wedding night. That's her introduction to Whitworth and marriage to Whitworth. So that's why she is so terrified. That is why she's so terrified. And they did not, they didn't even mention that on the show. There is still an element of like the bumbling buffoon about his abuse though. Oh, There's sure. something about him that's it still feels incredibly in character. It's not like he had mm -hmm. a, a personality switch. I think the actor is doing an incredible job with that. Uh, favorite new character? Um, Bipak67 said, Hugh. <laughs> Love the contrast to Ross in terms of looks, temperament. He has beautiful eyes, lovely smile, artistic, wordy. I thought his drawing of Demaza was sweet. Also, I got a bit of a soft, soft spot for Joshua. Is Rita going to have me blocked for not saying Emma? Yes. <laughs> JK, you saved it by pointing out how beautiful Josh's eyes are. We have we have differing opinions on on male uh, attractiveness. Anyway, <laughs> not the point. Attorney MSB three said Emma, but Morella was a close second. Fantastic casting on Emma. Her look is perfect. So the coder said Dolly's daughter seemed like a nice addition to the show. Quick tongue and spirited potential love interest of Sam's. 
I mean, come on. What can that storyline go? All over the place. <laughs> that, yeah, that storyline could go all over the place. Uh, let's see. Um, Poldor King said, I can't choose between our two new ladies, uh, Emma and Rowella. As evidenced with Caroline Dwight, I love me a ship where one flirty horrifies the other, and Emma Sam is certainly that. Uh, also, Sam's cute little faces and sinful thoughts <laughs> in Drake's smithy, um, and then at the meeting house were too cute. That being said, Rowella immediately sassing that loathsome Toad Whitworth by deliberately misaddressing him had me loving her instantly. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Um, Prairie's head said Emma. I think Sam has met his match. Mm-hmm. And Zoe Girl Reads agrees. Also said Emma. Her, her spirit is a welcome relief. The dark Poldark said Emma. I like Tholly, and Emma seems a chip off the old barnacle. Uh, knowing what happens in the book, that makes me feel gross. Um, she's had some great swearing already. Yes. Plus, I like Sam. That might not be fashionable, but as a Methodist, or laps myself, I sort of get his good-hearted earnestness, and he's way more reasonable than many a hellfire and brimstone preacher. Bless him, he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> um, Sierra's amazing. Like, I'm such a big fan of her interpretation of the character, and I think Emma Tregell's could very easily have been kind of a broad, over-the-top stereotype, but she feels very authentic and distinct already, and she's only been on screen for, like, the best part of two minutes. And the best thing is that you can hear her giggling as she walks away in almost every single scene. <laughs> she has, like, a delightful giggle. Yeah, we didn't get to see much of her, but I so enjoyed the energy that she, that she transmitted uh, through the screen. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, we get to see her more in the last few remaining episodes, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I really, I mean, I loved Emma uh, because I thought that, that, that she was indeed a breath of fresh air and a much needed breath of fresh air. Um, I also loved Rowella. You know, we talked a lot about her character during book club. Um, they have not disappointed in the casting and the way that the performance was delivered. Uh, I suspect next week, uh, time with Rowella is going to be so creeptastically good. It's going to be so good. I, I, I can't wait. And I'm also kind of horrified at the same time. It's going to be so fun to watch, though. Hashtag girl power. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, okay, your least favorite new character and why. Uh, Poldorking said, I kind of disliked Bassett for turning to George as a potential MP. Given that he has dealings with George, surely he knows that George despises the poor. And given that Bassett's stated feelings are similar to Ross's, shouldn't he hate George, too? Does he really like playing with fire? He doesn't really have a choice. No, he doesn't. Um, Prairie's head said, The new and improved season three, Demelza. Now with 75% more feistiness. If being selfless and kind and compassionate means you're being a housewife and in the background, then please let Demelza be a housewife again. It's like there's virtually no trace of the Demelza from series one that selflessly went to Trenwith and took care of Francis, Elizabeth, and Geoffrey Charles, 
when they had the putrid throat because she couldn't bear to know that they were suffering. There is no trace of the Demelza who, in the middle of her marital woes with Ross in season two, put that aside to console him when the mine caved in. Instead, we're left with a snarky, bitchy, shallow person who answers to Demelza Poldark, but doesn't resemble the woman who is Ross's counterbalance partner and sounding board. Demelza of old would not have run after Ross to bitch at him about not accepting the offer to be MP when he found out his oldest living relative just passed away. Prudy showed more compassion towards Ross when he learned of Agatha's passing than his own wife did. The only person she doesn't show compassion for is her husband. She shows it to every other motherfucker in Cornwall except her husband. <coughs> or Sam. <coughs> oh, right, right, right. That's true. Constantly undermining Sam. Uh, Swethakota said not a new character, but seeing so much malice in Aunt Agatha was super scary. Whole episode, she seemed to be deliberately antagonizing George, trying to get a reaction from him, and lying about her age? Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think she was lying. I think she, th she thought she was going to be uh, 100. Um, and when she didn't get her party, how quickly she... Uh, how quickly her expressions and words changed. It was not her secret to reveal. I'm scared for Elizabeth now. Never liked her much, but liked her the least in this episode. Even though she went down fighting, it was sad the way she passed all alone. And Armitage is just creepy. I think she thought she was turning 100, and it's not uncommon uh, back in those days for the documentation of these things to be um, not all that correct. So, I mean, hell, we don't even know when Ross's birthday is. He doesn't know when his birthday is. It is never, yeah, it's never mentioned, uh, the date is never mentioned in the books. So, so I, I don't think that, that she was lying about her age. Um, I think she was, was mistaken. I do find it incredibly weird that just because she couldn't have a birthday party, she decided she was just going to burn this whole motherfucker down. She's going to be like, that kid ain't yours. Elizabeth is a hoe. It's like, really? <laughs> it's a party. Yeah, it was a pretty douchey gear switch. But we can see that the reveal is going to break him because... Uh... I don't know if you guys oh, remember yeah. the season three, the season three promo trailer. Uh, there was like a, a scene when we saw George. I think he was like on the beach, and there was a guy in the background walking away who appears like Ross. So uh, I don't know. I still there is there is still like confrontation uh, coming, and Jack is gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, the way that George's face changed in that moment. Oh, bravo, Jack. Damn it, Jack, you made me feel bad for George. I know. That was that was incredible. Anyway, Zoe Girl Reed said it's still Mopey Drake. Yes. Who was glad that we spent um like two minutes watching him collect shells again? Oh Were my we, god. Were we happy about Oh my that? god, yes. Isn't that a great use of time? Uh let's see. Uh my least favorite is of course patently obvious. Uh that would be uh Mr. Armitage. Um, I have to admit that Josh Whitehouse is playing the crap out of that part. He is doing it absolutely perfectly, uh, just as I had envisioned when I was reading the book. So I've got to give him props for that. Still, I am really 
uh, and and really loathed all of the you know like ta-da reveals of Armitage in this episode. You know, Lord Falmouth and his wife come in, a whole bunch of other people come in, and it isn't until Lord Falmouth begins his toast to Ross that ta-da Hugh shows up in the doorway. And then again at Tahiti, while Ross, Demelza, Caroline, and Dwight are being in, escorted in by um, Sir, uh, you know, Sir Bassett. Uh, ta-da! The doors swing open, and there he is again. It's like he's the world's worst magic trick. Well done, show. Yeah. Anyway, like Josh White House is like really, really nailing the part, and I kind of feel like I'm walking a tightrope of finding him skeevy and then charming, like all at once. It's really very confusing and conflicting, and you know that's exactly how I felt at this stage of the novel. And his hair game is sick. You and the floppy hair, because you were doing this about Dwight with the floppy hair last season. Dwight's has been disappointing me recently. If I'm going to be honest, it's not blonde enough. <laughs> Step up your game. Uh, he's 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 been in a dungeony thing for you know like a year or so. Yeah, it's understandable. Uh, yeah. I need help, guys, because I'm falling for the Armitage. Oh, God. Damn you, Josh Whitehouse, and your charming self, and your pretty self. He's uh, so charming. I'm falling for the dude. Dude, do not make me fly to France and arrange for a deprogramming. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, my God. It's okay. It's okay. Calm calm yourself. Calm yourself. can't promise but yeah um apart from the armitage that i do not dislike right now um she's definitely not in your character but right now demelza feels off to me and uh the final straw was definitely when she picked up a fight with ross when the guy he had just lost his hand like really girl like really i think i tweeted shut the fuck up demelza at that Oh my god. Yeah, I had some, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, Sparks was doing her best to talk me off the the cliff edge uh, the other day. And, you know, she was saying that, you know, we don't know how much time passed between when Ross left the house and Demelza found him on the beach. You know, it it seemed like they were (laughs) eating. Yeah, it seemed like they were eating breakfast. It seemed like they were eating breakfast. And by the lighting of the scene, it looked like it could have been like late afternoon. And it's like she's doing she's doing her best to try and get me to come off the who the fuck are you, Demelza cliff. Um, That's her evil twin sister, Delonda. (laughs) Oh. oh, so you know, I I appreciate her efforts to try and and get me to calm down about it. But I'm sorry, it doesn't even matter whether or not it was it was immediately after he left the house or if it was several hours after he left the house. You don't walk up to a man. Yeah, it's the same thing. You don't walk up to a man who is obviously upset about losing his uh, oldest living relative. Um, and go, oh, by the way, there was more to this message. George is now the MP, and you could have done something about that. What the fuck, Ross? You don't say something like that to a man who's just lost his aunt. What made you cheer? We need some cheer. We need some cheer, people. So what made you cheer? Swetha Coda said Dwight Caroline scenes. Nothing else in this episode. <laughs> Not even Emma. Oh, 
<laughs> disappointed me with Dakota. Uh, let's see. Attorney MSB3, Sam's interest in Emma. Maybe finally he will no longer be bashed as a holy roller. There's more to that character and actor. Only Emma can come for his religion. Everyone else is cancelled. Everyone else, go home. <laughs> um, Paul Darking said, Pasco telling Ross to take Demelza out just because it would make her happy. Thank God someone cares about her happiness. What harm could come from it? Yeah, you're gonna, yeah everybody's going to eat those words, Pasco. Um, also, Ross and Demelza in bed being cute. The are you content line reminded me of the are you happy line in 104. Caroline and Dwight's banter. Them laughing at the marriages of prison, the notion trope, is the best. Love mm. and hated Caroline's line about how men would all look at her but would end up around Demelza. It was a nice book excerpt. I haven't read them, but I've seen that line mentioned. But I think it applied far better to the Elizabeth Demelza dichotomy, as Caroline is definitely witty enough to hold people's attention. Also, they did not show the line's meaning very well, because Demelza barely spoke to Hugh. Of course, we know why he would fall for her, but she only says a couple of lines to her, which misses why people are drawn to Demelza. Not for her beauty, though of course she's stunning, but for the substance behind the beauty. So perhaps that should go both in this category and the one below. Very good point. It's like, if he's drawn to her for her personality, why is he drawing pictures of her? Perry Cheese had said Dwight and Caroline's 30 seconds of screen time. I've given up on them getting any substantial sub, uh, substantial storyline in the series, so I'm going to take whatever moments of screen time I can get and cherish them. Zoe Garid said, aging both Clarence and Valentine in tandem. Cue, he doesn't look anything like his father here. Grr moment. Hugh Armitage smizing while he <laughs> at the party. It gave me Twilight smoldering in the cafeteria vibes. Oh my god, this is so Twilight. Yeah, I'm getting it. Um, yeah, oh my god. Not too proud to admit that one, I'm a grown woman, and two, I just referenced Twilight. Uh, okay, Um, moving on. What made you want to throw things at the television or computer screen? Attorney MSB3 said Demelza saying that her brother should think Ross instead of the Lord. Oh, come on, really? Really? Bet she was not thinking that at the end of the episode. Also, the scene on the beach between Ross and Demelza. Yeah, Jesus who? Ross Poldark is your new messiah. Poldarking said, we spend so little time on Dwight and Caroline's wedding. This is their official wedding, after all, and yet we didn't get much about them in it. On that subject, I love Dwight and Caroline being adorable, but I'm really pissed that they're shortchanging his healing as though a talk with Hugh was all he needed. He has PTSD, for fuck's sake. Also, Ross saying... Yeah, also Ross saying, not every man in Cornwall is besotted with you. Sometimes Ross is so callous towards Demelza and I just hate him for it. Watch your ass, Ross. Or your wife's... Okay, there and there was a spoiler in here, so we plucked that out. Um, I hope that just as Ross's affair made Demelza stop hero-worshipping her, her, her husband, that what is about to happen will make him stop taking her for granted. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Though you'd think he wouldn't need another reminder. Uh, poor Mawena and her terror and pain in her marriage. Just every scene with her broke my heart, especially when she pulls up the covers in bed, reflexively hiding and protecting herself. Prairie Chassette said Demelza. I don't know what the writers did with the Demelza of old, but I'm not liking season 3 Demelza very much. 
and this episode just cemented all the reasons why. Demoiselle is supposed to be a grown-ass woman and mother of two kids, but suddenly she's acting like an immature teenaged girl. It felt to me that Demoiselle was const constantly trying to pick fights with Ross. One example from a conversation I was in about this on Tumblr was that it seemed like she would bring up something prickly, like Valentine's rickets, for example, and then when Ross wouldn't react the way she expected, she would get angry with him. From what I've seen so far, I'm not liking the direction of how thing, of how this Demelza Hugh thing is panning out. There were some conversations in the books between Ross and Demelza in this particular story thread that I would love to see acted out on screen, but I doubt that those conversations would fit within the Ross is ignoring me, so I'll find another man who will give me attention storyline. For what it's worth, like Ross's reaction every time Demelza brings up Valentine is low-key infuriating to me because it's really obvious that she wants and needs him to acknowledge the possibility that the kid is his son. And he is just stubbornly digging his head in the sand and pretending everything is normal. Like for all his recent reforming, in this one respect, Ross has learned fuck all from season two and his behaviour. All last year he pretended he was completely fine, that he was over Elizabeth, and that his going over every week was just like normal friendly behaviour, until his emotions boiled over, and he behaved like an idiot. This behaviour is not healthy for him, like he gets very moody and angry and internalises everything, and I think because Demelza loves him and she cares for him, she's probably tired of watching like the same patterns play out over and over again. And I think that's the crux of their argument at the end of the episode. Um, also, Demelza just wants some emotional honesty and communication. And Ross is like, that's not happening. And I think they've got they've they've come to an impasse in their marriage. One of them has to cave on their communication style if their marriage is going to work going forward. And personally, I think it should be Ross to start opening up a little, because Demelza has already bow down to like the Ross does reckless dangerous shit thing she's had to accept that about him and that aspect of his personality and I think it's time that Ross started to let her in a little okay and I know that when we first started the notes on this I didn't understand what it was that was really pissing you off about this but I, I do now and um for me it was in the first episode where he winds up going to George and saying, okay, I'm, I'm, you don't have to worry about me. I'm, I'm not going to be a part of your life anymore. Um, I have given all of that up. And then when he goes back to her after he has this conversation, that seems to be like a turning point for them where, you know, he has said, I am, I'm giving up all things trend with, and, um, you know, I want to focus on our relationship. And that to me seemed like a turning point for her to go, okay, I understand. So it's with that thought in mind, that conversation in mind, it was like every time she brings up Valentine, it seems like she's forgotten the fact that they had this conversation, that he said, I'm giving up everything that's trend with. Um, and I get what you're saying. I get that, you know, she just wants him to acknowledge the fact that the, the child could possibly be his. Um, I think what, what is chafing me is, uh, you know, the, the, and what's frustrating me about this, it, it goes back to the whole book show thing. 
Um, you know, Valentine's parentage is never known in the entire series of books. It's only surmised. Uh, the whole eight-month baby thing was not something that was hovered over in every conversation during the Black Moon, and the Melza never persisted at poking at Ross about Valentine. It was something that they never discussed. Um, not until the last book of the series. So, you know, I, I am just going to have to toss this on top of the reasons why the writing in this series is pissing me off and confusing me and, and making me not understand why folks are upset about some of these things. It's just... I... Yeah, you really have to separate the characterizations because in this, like, Ross has acted completely different about the situation yeah. and, like, Demelza's yeah. response is completely different. Yeah. And, like, for me, I've just had to go, these are completely different characters Yeah. in my head. Yeah. I think I've reached that point. I think I, I think this episode finally got me to reach that point that, you know, what I'm seeing bears very little resemblance to what I've, I've read. And I know I've, I've been struggling with that, but I'm, I am on that train now. I am on that, you know, I'm, I'm not watching, um, a, a, an adaptation of these books any longer i'm watching something completely new oh my god oh, delanda we've been talking about face... you say something yeah yeah please uh, I, I just please. think that if ross doesn't open up to his wife who can he open up to like it's just simple but um yeah uh i'm surprised that no one mentioned the that disgusting pig of whitworth <laughs> um, yeah yeah i know uh yes morwenna is not my favorite character as you know, uh, but no one should have to go through what she's going through. And uh, I was kind of relieved that we did not get scenes that I feared we would get. Mm -hmm. uh, because when we read the books, like, uh, it was so brutal. And uh, I just kept picturing how they would uh, adapt this after this big controversial scene between Elizabeth and Ross. Like, how could they work around such a bigger uh, and uh, more brutal scene? But um, yes, and uh, props to the makeup department people for making Morwenna look like she was uh, she was so dead um, on the inside. And uh, when Elizabeth picked up on uh, her looking pale, I was like, girl, you have no right. You did this. You played your <laughs> part in this. How dare you? Yeah. Preach. Preach. Oh my God, preach. It's like, oh, she looks pale. Okay, um, what was your performance of the week? Attorney MSB3 said it has to go to Aunt Agatha, but George is a close second. She is so good in part because she had George to play off of. George slash Jack has given co consistently good performances throughout the series. Amen. Amen. Jack has been phenomenal in this series. The Dark Podoc said Caroline, Caroline Blakeston with a special nod to Jack. Plus, I hope Agatha left a note for jo Jeffrey Charles to start calling George Georgie in her memory. Poldor King said, Caroline Blakiston, there are times I think Aunt Agatha can be quite nasty. Read, assuming Ross will just leave Demelza because she is, say it with me, a scullery maid, always being hella ableist towards Valentine. But she was really funny planning her party at the start of the episode, and my heart broke for her a bit when she was so cowed by George. Much as she rails against him, he has the ability to make her life really sad, and he regularly did just that. 
And then I love the rage in her voice when she realizes there's nothing she can do to get him to treat her, to get him to treat her decently. And then just goes, fuck it, and throws all of the insults at him. Even if, again, she's shitting on poor Valentine, followed by her regret just before she dies. Kudos to Caroline for the range of emotions she portrayed over this episode. Side note, I also loved how Jack captured all of the emotions after Agatha put the seeds of doubt in his mind. It was nice to see him having emotions instead of just being evil. The music was extra as hell, though. Yes! I love that music. Perry Cheesehead said Jack Farthing and Caroline Blakeston and how they performed the final confrontation between George and Agatha. This is one of those scenes from the book I was looking forward to seeing on the show, and both of them delivered. So Dakota, terrific performance by Jack Farthing, incredible range of emotions throughout the episode. That scene when he goes to confront Elizabeth was pure genius. Oh my god, that was that was so good. Um, and the scene with Aunt Agatha's room was so thrilling and terrifying. After months of jabs at each other under their breaths, it all exploded in vile outbursts. Ego hurt George is a merciless creature. Sob. Hats off to Jack and Caroline. Morwenna was also amazing. Yeah, my favorite performance, can I just say the music? I mean, I want to praise Anne Dudley for gracing our ears every week with such gorgeous pieces. And um, we, well, we talked about the, um, the music playing um, along the, uh, the um, Agatha George scene, but my personal favorite was the one uh, playing when Morwenna... I know that Rita thought it was ridiculous, but when she said out loud how much she loved Drake Karn, uh, I thought it was so beautiful and uh, so sad at the same time, and it really captured the gravity of her situation. And I will say that the, the performance of that scene was actually really, like, really well done to Elise. Like, it was beautifully acted, and like, I just wish they hadn't written it like that. Now. Hashtag R.I.P. on Agatha because we're about to get into our favourite memory of on Agatha. Swithakota said all the time she was very nice and kind to Verity. Although her relationship with people seems to me to be driven by selfish motivations. BPAC67 uh, from season one, Francis asked the question, what's wrong with the women in this family? And Aunt Agatha retorted, the men. Yes. yes, that yes. was like her her very, very best line of the show. One in yeah. on a t-shirt, I'm sure that I'd there wear it every some... day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that there were others. Um, I forgot to add this question when I first uh, put up our survey for uh, responses. And so I know I probably missed some. Um, I'll see if I can find uh, the other ones and make sure that we get those up on the blog. Amanda Podock said it, uh, hers was when she pulls out the gun. Yes. Um, oh. <laughs> That was good too. That was good too. What what are your guys' oh my favorite gosh. on Agatha moment? Yeah, uh, it's the one that that B Pack pointed out. I mean, that was that was so. I liked when she started calling Demelza Bud. That was like yes. sweet. Yeah, that was when Aunt Agatha still kind of resembled Bud Book Aunt Agatha um, mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. she became weird. <laughs> But yeah, um, I'll I will I'll, I'll miss her character. Um, it feels like everybody's dying off. It's like psh- I know, I know. Like Stop it! Stop it! Completely new character. <laughs> oh yeah, they've been killing off a bunch of people lately. Um, 
Let's see. Any other observations you wish to share with us? Uh, MS3, M, uh, attorney MSB3 said, it is not like the book. It is not like the book. It is not like the book. Okay, I am over that. <laughs> the writer is changing the characters and storylines for a modern viewing audience. I get it, and I, I can go with that. It is beautifully produced, acted, and scored show. Season one was brilliant. I enjoyed season two and season three so far. Still... There is something in the storytelling, the characterizations of some characters that, for me, doesn't sit quite right. Debbie is a talented writer, and she may give us a great end of season. For me, she is taking some of the characters in a direction that I would not like to see them go. One, uh, one more observation on the Ross and Demelza beach scene. I continue to go back and forth between Ross was wrong, no, Demelza was wrong. Bottom line, I still don't really know why they were fighting. Hashtag Team Nobody! Yes! Let's see. Uh, one possibility that I could buy is Demelza is angry because George tried to hang Ross and Drake, continues to gain power, and must be stopped. She thinks Ross is the only one who can stop him, but Ross won't do it. I could buy that, but I don't want to have to come up with logical reasons for the character's actions. In short, the premise and events that led to that fight scene, to me, were not enough to justify the fight, let alone future events. And... If that's what Debbie was intending, you know, that, that that Ross, the hero, must save them from the plague of George, it's certainly not coming through. You know, I, I don't think that Demelza is, is acting this way, you know, out of some kind of uh, revenge thing for uh, George's trying to get Ross hung and then Drake. I, I don't think that's even entering into it. She's literally held the opposite view and tried to calm Russ down about trying to fight with George in the past, so this is odd. Um, Poldor King said, I forever love how many different things Demelza can convey just by saying yes, Ross, or no, Ross. I'm glad we actually got to see Drake working. I suppose we did. <laughs> also, Nice metal work with that religious slash Moena icon. Oh my god, he has a Moena icon. He's a really bad Christian, you guys. Um, though I kind of like you. That drawing he did was kind of crap. <laughs> Stick to poetry. Really liked the where's Eve and where's the snake exchange between Hugh and Demelza because it really captures that Hugh, with his flowery words and great ability to express emotion, along with his illness and basically everything he is, is just a tailor-made to tempt Demelza. I don't know that anyone else could sweep her off her feet like Hugh is able to. Also, it's kind of fitting that it was a religious reference, given her talk with Sam, where she's always peace, love, above religion, almost as her religion. On a Pettier level, I found Ross saying she was a podoc when talking to Thalia about how disrespectful George had Agatha's body and memory treated to be somewhat irksome. He's attaching respect to her status as opposed to her person, which is exactly what he's normally against. I can chalk it up to him being just upset because he loved her, and to be fair, he also says, and my most beloved aunt, and it's a very small thing, but I'm nothing if not nitpicky, and I can't shake how it annoyed me. I so hope that 308's promo Ross saying, I saw Elizabeth, I love her Demelza, with them being sneaky with the editing. 
feel like it was, but Ross is dumb enough that I worry. Prairish's head said, Sam is growing on me. I like that Elizabeth referred to Agatha as my aunt when Agatha died. Technically, she wasn't her aunt, but it's one of those little things that shows that Elizabeth did still care about Agatha. It's also one of those little moments that show us Elizabeth's humanity, especially after after her seeming to cross over to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Swethakota said, wish there was more for Caroline to do this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, what is Ross's problem? Is it too much for Demelza to expect her husband to ask her opinions in the most important matters? Granted, she should have waited to confront him about it when he was already uh, overwrought with grief of Agam Agatha's demise, but lashing out at Demelza and accusing her for trying to walk all over him was totally uncalled for. Like, when has Demelza ever actually tried to control him? Like, that's what happened. Ross? I know. Ross? This dialogue know. is crazy, though. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes no sense. Uh, she has made several sacrifices for him, too. Then why does he make it look like it's a crime to want to go to nice parties or want her, hus want her your husband to get a respectable position among his peers? Why does he feel so suffocated and constrained? Isn't marriage all about give and take? She has been with him through his worst. I just don't get raw sometimes. I liked Elizabeth, even though she didn't have to. She was always good to Aunt Agatha. If not a poldark, I was happy that at least Elizabeth was there in Agatha's last moments. Elizabeth is also a good influence on George. He could do a lot more damage to the people around him without Elizabeth to gently restrain him sometimes. Ross needs a reality check. He's always too busy trying to save the world. Has gone unchallenged too long. The worst thing one can do is take people they love for granted and think they will hang around forever if they are hurt. I was worried about his love Elizabeth dialogue after watching the episode, but it has been like an hour since I started writing this, and at this point I'm fed up. If I were Demelza, I would stop worshipping this guy for a couple of minutes and think hard about some serious life choices. I don't think she's worshipping him anymore. You don't have to worry. She is yelling at him for crazy reasons. The Dark Podark said, is the show trying, su trying to suggest that Demelza is increasingly a attracted to the trappings and world of the aristocracy. I think you're thinking about this a lot harder than the show is, the dark polder. Caroline is probably my favourite female character in the books. She gets a couple of nice lines with Dwight and Ross this ep. But honestly, where has her personality gone? Has it been squished by the hats? Was the script lost in the cloud of curls? I have really, really strong feelings about the Demelza and Hugh relationship and the role it plays in the narrative, and those feelings aren't all black and white. I won't write a book about it here, but I'm just about hanging on, hanging in there, but I'm struggling. Smiley face. Um, the Valentine thing is going to go ballistic next week, and I'm not expecting it to be subtle. <laughs> Understatement of the century. God help us. Sorry, Sam. Bipak67 said, spot on casting by May Moth and great suggestion by Eleanor of Joshua Whitehouse as Hugh. I didn't know she was the one. That yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, she okay. was. They worked together. Yeah, they worked together in, um, oh God, what was the name Alley of the movie? Cats. Alley Cats. Alley Cats, yes. It was a great movie. Hugh played her um, brother, which is making mm -hmm. everything so confusing for me. I know! Um, also, Bipak67 also says, uh, he perfectly embodies Hugh from the Poldark books. 
Oh, how I wish we had the discussions from the book between Demelza and Ross about her attraction to Hugh, the understanding slash insight of Ross and Demelza of each other, not Romelza sniping at one another. Wish the show didn't take the easy and obvious path of Demelza and Ross fighting with one another, and Ross not paying Demelza enough attention, leading her to fall for Hugh. Yes. So cliche. On a brighter note, a thing I noticed while giving, Clowns is ginger! Yay! Yay! We have a ginger baby. Finally, something I want. This is the content I deserve. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, whew. Boy, that was that was a lot of feedback, and I know we had we had more, but you know we we only have so much time. So, uh, thank you all for sending in your thoughts and comments, uh, and keep them coming because I know as we finish up this bloody series. Um, um, I have a feeling that there will be a lot more um, venting to be done. Yeah. So anyway, on to messages. Uh, Anonymous said, just started listening to your podcast this week and I love it. I've gone back and listened to a bunch of old episodes and you three are just adorable and insightful. Thanks for your work and keep up the great job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, we we need the love. We need the love. And um, apologies for some of the, the earlier episodes and some of the <laughs> recording quality and, and that kind of thing. Uh, we, we, we were learning. Learning on the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learning on the job. And, and so we, we really appreciate uh, the comment. Thank you very much. Uh, anonymous said, not my favorite scene, but thought I would hate the Hugh Demelza scenes. Surprisingly, I didn't mind them because they actually resemble what I read in the book. My favourite scene was that I wish it may last scene of Romelza together early in the episode. It didn't last. Sad face. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it, that that kind of that kind of uh, comment is very much like the what could possibly go wrong comment that that you would see in some show and then everything goes to horseshit so you know it was it's kind of like oh great no, yeah you know what it is. You're it's like in, in, in star wars when somebody says i have a bad feeling about this exactly 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 it's kind of like here's the wind up and the pitch <laughs> and then pop we get it upside the chops with really odd characterizations Mike C. tweeted, getting bored with Ross and Demelza falling in and out of love within an episode with no real trigger. Also bored with Drake mooning around. Cheer up all. Right? Everybody went to like three parties this week and looked miserable at all of them. Shout out to Emma for actually smiling. Hey, you know, the, the first party where they're, they're dancing around in the field, it's like everybody looked pretty happy with the exception of Sam. <laughs> no, he smiled actually. It was Drake that was well, sitting there being moody this time. Oh, that's right. Like, that's right. Rorovet. That's right. Knew it was one of them. So, so anyhow, I think that was the that was the party that Ross really wanted to be at. He didn't like this hoity-toity shit. But anyway, um, Anonymous said it must be very difficult to squeeze the books into a short number of episodes of Poldark. I heard an interview with Debbie where she said that they were only going to give six episodes in the first season and she was able to convince the higher-ups to give eight. Now you would think that with Poldark's tremendous success, they would give many, many more. 
What a mistake they've made because the small number has greatly affected the storytelling. What do you think? Um, well, I think the number of episodes uh, shows are given in the UK differ dramatically uh, from what uh, shows here in the States are offered. Uh, so that's a start. And uh, Actually, can I just say that Pulled Up gets a hell of a lot more episode, episodes than yeah. the usual run. We usually get five or six. Uh-huh. It's yeah. getting like and, ten and... or nine. So, yeah, <laughs> so that's 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 pretty awesome uh, that they're getting more than than shows in the UK usually do, um, you know, but they're they're not going to wind up getting, you know, like the 22 show deals that uh, shows here in the States are offered uh, for for new programming. Uh, so, you know, they've got to work with what they're given. Um, I think, you, you know, if you know that you're going to be limited to a uh, a certain number of uh, episodes, then that is what really drives how you take the original source material and strip it down to the things that are going to move the story along. Um, And uh, second, I know we've talked about this before, but I think uh, some of the changes that were made to the characterizations of some of our, our, our main characters uh, from the original source materials um, have caused some of the, some of the, okay, a lot of the challenges. Um, you know, you wind up needing to make more course corrections in order to have things flow logically. Uh, script editing can catch most of the egregious issues, but what really needs to happen is going through the source material and being absolutely ruthless with any superfluous piece of plot that doesn't move the story forward. Season three has spent a crazy amount of time on the Drake and Morwenna thing, uh, more than I think was necessary to get the point across. Uh, girls, what do you think? Completely agree with you. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, they they couldn't get they couldn't get like twenty two episodes like in the U.S. I mean, they would be hell expensive for starters. But um, surely they could. Uh, it would at least enable them to actually develop the story about uh, 22 episodes in the UK not happening. Okay. Well, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. I look forward to getting slammed upside the head. (laughs) (laughs) Online. So bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. um, Sweet Rapture Delight said, Ladies, I will not complain bitterly about Carolite. I think you all feel the same. We do. Although, no proper wedding night scene, I've been robbed. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But we got to see um, Whitworth taking off his pants. Which I- <laughs> Ew! <laughs> <laughs> oh! What a <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Hugh. Why should I hate him? I know he's going to come between Ross and Demelza, but I can't help but kind of like what I'm saying thus far. Hope the American on your team doesn't scoff too loudly at that. Winky face. The show, not the books, has given me no no real reason to hate him yet. Or perhaps I won't ever. Tell me more. Girl, I'm giving you so much side eye right now, sweet ruptured light. You have no idea. No idea. I agree. Like, I don't think there is much reason to hate him on the show or really, really in the books. Um, right at this moment, they've given you no reason. That may change, smirky face. Um, 
it certainly did for me in the books, but honestly, I think it's actually kind of a good move to make him less skeevy and more of an actual threat, because otherwise it would end up being a bit of a weak storyline. What undermines this completely and utterly for me, though, is how douchey they're making Ross by comparison. I don't think it's necessary at all. No, no, it's not. But, you know, hashtag drama. Hell, I'm surprised we don't have Hugh running around in a white tricorn. Uh, you know, to, <laughs> to, <laughs> I mean, good God. <laughs> it, 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 uh, uh, so, yeah, um, just keep watching. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Amanda Poldark said, in the interest of sparing y'all ulcers and myself some Tumblr trolls by having a longer post, I'm going to ask y'all this. Do you really want the 1970s Series 2 copy and pasted in HD with nothing new added? I haven't uh, seen my short series. answer? Yeah. My short answer is no. If I wanted to watch soap operas with one-dimensional characterizations, I would do that. We keep dissing soap operas, and I'd just like to point out a lot of soap operas probably have better characterizations in the show. Oh my god, yes. Sorry, soap operas. It's not about yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I know you know Rita and I were talking about this before we started recording. Um, you know, it, it's this is turning into this really bad telenovela. No, I I want I want better characterizations. I you know the the characters that we're seeing are so one dimensional. Uh, you know, it's like you're taking this beautiful watercolor and trying to recreate it with a broader and broader brush every single week. And I think now we're at the size of a brush that, you know, you would use to paint a house. You know, the, 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 you know, the, the subtlety is gone. And, um, you know, that's, that's really sad because that's one of the beautiful things about this story are the, um, the, the subtle, you know, multidimensional aspects of each of these characters and the things that are um, great qualities that they have as well as the things that challenge them and we're not we're not seeing any of that anymore um and the final message from anonymous hello ladies i hated most of this episode what have they done with romelza I can't stand the fabricated nonsense that occurred on the beach, WTF. Demalza would never confront Ross in, the way, in that way right after he received the news that his aunt had, had died. She's too caring and compassionate, let alone in the book she agreed that he should pass on the nomination for similar reasons as he gave for not accepting. She knows her husband, Debbie. It was so out of character for both of them. Thanks for all your messages, guys. We really appreciate it. Now, let's listen to the trailer for episode eight. Bassett is the new order. I am the old. He seeks to overthrow me. Um, I would like you to help me prevent him. And how would I do that? Dear Lord, my wife is unsuited to this life. Guide thou my footsteps towards a suitable replacement. The woman I love more than life is married to the man to whom I owe my life. Since Aunt Agatha's death, there's scarce been two words between us. Elizabeth is not a up. She was. And so was her son. Agatha's grave? What did you find there? I met Elizabeth. I love her, Demelza. 
I call that choppy editing. <laughs> I mean, my initial reaction after watching that trailer was like, someone hold me back, I'm going to rip Ross limb from limb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's where that scene is going, I hope. But who could he talk about when he says I love her? Yeah, and here's the deal. If that's the direction that they're going, I I think I will have to sit very far away from my computer next week. <laughs> because it, I will, yeah, yeah. I would just be crying through next week's podcast. Oh but... yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh my okay, gosh. Let's get into the description. Um, Ross is determined to ensure that George loses in the election and resolves to make up for some of Trenwith's neglect. So he's done a complete 180. What does that mean? He was just like, I'm not going to do anything to Melza. No, well, yeah, I am. Um, he also becomes aware of Hugh's feelings for Demelza as he returns to Nampara to find them together. Again, a complete 180. Um, George is cons consumed with paranoia is it paranoia if it's the truth as he challenges dwight over valentine's legitimacy and drives elizabeth away rowella attempts to seduce whitworth who receives advice from dwight over his relationship with Mowena. lord falmouth lee learns that the willegans will be standing against him and sam pines over emma poor baby i'm gonna need to have some alcohol in me uh, before I start watching the show next week, which means I will be drinking at noon. That's not a good way to life. spend your Sunday afternoon. Pissed. Or the best way. Depends who you are. <laughs> pissed, pissed in two ways. Pissed at the episode and, and pissed. It's going to be a clusterfuck. Oh my god, yeah, it's going to be a clusterfuck. And with that, we are at the end of this week's podcast. Fear not, we'll be back next week with a podcast on episode 308, even if it's just us weeping into the microphones. Quality content. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you'd like to get involved, uh, you can tweet us at Podcast, or you can message us on our blog, poldarkpodcast.tumblr.com slash ask. Uh, we put up episode surveys immediately after the episode airs as well so you can reblog and answer those questions but please remember to get those in before uh monday night uh because we record early on tuesday and we've been including a cal uh, a countdown uh clock for those comments so please be sure to click on that link to, to make sure how much time we have left to collect our uh comments thank you so much for listening and goodbye bye guys bye